Blimey. This is one out of a jam jar, you got here. House of Mystery contains demons, angels, elementals, magicians, wizards, apparitions, adult language, and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not enter the House of Mystery. All right, then. On with the show. All right, hello. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the House of Mystery, the John Constantine and Friends podcast. I am Michael Flores, your host, your curator, your guide. Through the House of Mystery. And today in the House of Mystery, keeping track of all the dead bodies. <laughs> so many. It's David. Hello, David. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And also, the man uh, in charge of bringing me new women when I need them <laughs> to take care of them is uh, Paul. Hello, Paul. That just sounds what very the fuck is my job? I don't know. You go find ladies for me. I don't, just go with it. <laughs> you, you got you got it. I'll, yeah. I will begin that presently. <laughs> All right. And Paul, you are the lead host of our Batman fan show, Wayne Talk. Yeah. Say hi to everybody. Hey, hey everybody. It's yeah. me, that guy that you may have listened to. We should do some more of those shows. He's a passionate Batman fan too, right, Dave? Yes. He very is. passionate. He gets um, very angry at times, <laughs> which is what I like. Like, I like when people get angry because that means they care about a fucking topic enough to talk about it. Otherwise, you sound really monotone and boring and then no one's going to listen to you. Well, sometimes you just have to mention Cyborg to Paul and suddenly that vein oh, starts popping up. <laughs> he did say booyah in this uh, movie we're about to review today. He was, he was, he was okay in that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He was the least of my problems. Yeah. So today right, right. we are going to be talking about... Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. And there has been so much excitement and anticipation when it comes to this flick. John Constantine taking center stage in a massive crossover event. And there was a lot of pressure on this film because of the fans and because of what this movie was designed to do. Yes. This grand event was to end the current DC animated universe continuity. And how do you like that John Constantine was the one used to be right at the center of all that? That's pretty cool, though, right? It would have been. It would have been. <laughs> Wait a second. What are you, you're, supposed, you're supposed to be the positive one today, David. I am going to be positive, but I'm going to also be honest. Okay. And there is one overall problem with we'll get there we, yeah we got there we, we, no we will get there we haven't got there yet you tried to get us there <laughs> welcome to 45 Jesus. seconds into the show spoilers begin now yeah this movie had a lot of pressure it had the responsibility to wrap up the dc animated movie universe seven years 15 movies or tw over 20 if you include what they call the expanded setting which includes constantine's city of demons yes it's come to an end. The animated universe once again manages to do what the DCEU has still not been able to accomplish. They <laughs> started right around the same time. And the animation is done. And that's that's one of the things that I'm very proud of the animated universe that they did. They were able to stick to their guns and, you know, for better or for worse, there some write hiccups. their story out. Yeah, there were some hiccups. There were some highs and some lows. But at least they had a path and they stuck with it, which is something, unfortunately, the cinematic universe, uh, they 
constantly are tuck and tail running, changing their plans, not really sticking to anything. And because of that, they're still still essentially in phase one <laughs> and for seven and years. If you've listened to any of our shows, that has been one of the biggest talking points for any of the shows that cover DC that I noticed that we always say is like they're afraid they're they're constantly afraid of failure with any of their cinematic universe or even their TV products. Yeah. So, so like very briefly, it's, it's crazy to me though, that they, I mean, I guess budgetary differences, right? That's why it's, it's a risk, but like, they're so afraid to commit to anything with their, with their cinematic universe mm-hmm. that they, they're literally like pigeonholing themselves and right. they're not moving forward. Whereas this animated universe, <laughs> they're just like, Let's just make mediocre shit and just push forward. Just say fuck it. <laughs> we just will not stop. But you know what? They are making money, though, because I was surprised. Yeah. So I went online to pre-order the Target exclusive for <laughs> Justice League Dark. Sold out. The, pre- the pre-orders were sold out. Mm-hmm. And then I went to go order the 4K resolution. There was four copies left at my local Target before it came out. So they are making hand over fist on this DC animated side of things. The fact that you have Constantine and Justice League Dark Apocalypse War trending on social media yes. the day it comes out. It's a thing. They're doing what they wanted to do, which was to create a viable medium outside of the regular cinematic side to bring in ancillary revenues. You and guys, it's doing just that. Do you guys think it's sad, though, that basically... They were able to do it with the animated side. They 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 did it with this, but it's kind of like that's fans fans wanted this so badly that that's what they all there you ran go ran to that mic was slipping, Dave. But like that's how starved the fan base is. Yeah. They want something like this where it's actually we just a want huge, food, please, sir, please <laughs> a huge cross media storyline that we all can follow together. Please give me some food, just a morsel, please. We've been waiting for seven years, sir. Please. Yeah. So according to the wiki here, I want to make sure we get this right because there are some discrepancies I have noticed across the interwebs when it comes to what films are included in the DC animated movie universe. Various blogs are saying like 38. Some are saying 15. Some are saying 22. Now, the number 38 is the total amount of films they've made. Mm-hmm. Is that like including those five minute shorts before? Yes. Those movies? Yes. yes. Right. That's what yeah. they're, they're including that as well. But this current continuity that justice league, dark apocalypse war ended is comprised of only 15 specific films that started with justice league the flashpoint paradox and yes. that was july 30th 2013 yeah as some people are including the uh, what they're calling the extended i want to call it the extended settings well, what did i call it earlier the extended um give me a second here extended settings sound right give me 10 seconds here let me pull it up i did have it on my notes and now i do not oh the expanded the expanded settings. Uh, it includes some digital comics that were released as well. Uh, so you have Nightwing and Robin that are yes. part of the expanded setting. You have Constantine City of Demons, Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans, something called Timeline, comic books, which includes Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, 
and then the death of Superman part one. And these are digital comics that were considered a part of this continuity. So they did all types of efforts. It wasn't just from the film side. They were using the, the fine art of transmedia to tell this big story. So it's quite Quite, I, I would commend them. It's quite an achievement. It's an achievement. Do. Yeah, it was quite a feat, and I'm sure it wasn't easy, especially having directors, you know, having directors Matt Peters and Christina Soda wrapping up multiple threads, essentially acting as a sequel to many of the DC animated features, because that's something you had brought up off air, Dave, is that this wasn't just a sequel to the Justice League Dark movie that came out in 2017. Yeah. This was essentially a sequel to pretty much every other animation that had come out prior. Yeah, it's basically the way I understand it after I watched everything was this was the bookend. Yeah. You, you start with Flashpoint and then you end with this. Did they have just one bookend? Because I felt like they had one solid bookend <laughs> and then the one that was supposed to hold the ending just kind of fell over and then all the books just fell off the shelf. Remember, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> slowly, Michael, slowly. It was right. supposed to be a bookend. It was supposed to be a bookend. Sometimes you just use a different book as the bookend and that book falls over. Right. Makes sense. Uh, this has been a crowd pleaser, it seems, though. Uh, generally, most audiences are enjoying the film currently sitting at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, that does make me happy, despite some of the issues I might have had with this movie. It does make me happy, because if critics out there are giving this a 100%, at least it shows Warner Brothers and DC that they have gold here when it comes to the Justice League Dark title. Yeah. They do. They have gold with John Constantine. It, when you're dealing with a fandom within a fandom, which is what John Constantine and Justice League Dark are essentially, that's what they are essentially at this point. They're a fandom within a fandom. And when you get those types of fans involved, they're highly passionate. And ever since the whole New 52 launch, uh, what, 2011, the comic books, they have been working to get John Constantine to be a box office, essentially draw. And he is getting there. He's getting there. I mean, I mean, he's right now, comic wise, he's the face of the new line of the Vertigo universe with the Sandman universe. Sorry. But like with his, the Hellblazer uh, title being kind of front and center of the whole universe, it's uh, that particular universe. It's actually shows that they want John Constantine to be kind of like the face who runs the place. Well, they're reaping the benefits now over the last seven, eight years, they've been really working on his name to create, creating a bit of a household persona, you know, where most people will, hopefully know who he is and and i feel like they're almost there they still need to prove themselves in the live action arena in terms of the cinematic side but you're laying down they're laying down the the groundwork the framework that hopefully is going to get us there eventually now i will say this okay i don't necessarily agree with the reviews on ron tomato or the audience score which sits at 90 percent and we'll get into all of that in a moment. Uh, we're going to do an entire feature film breakdown. We're going to break it all the way down to its foundation in a minute. But first, I want to get your general thoughts, David and Paul. Let's start with you, Dave, first. Give okay. me your brief thoughts on this movie in a nutshell. My brief thoughts on this movie was 
I was number one. I was very excited to actually see it. I, it's one of those ones that I did pre-order myself and luckily I got into it and overall, because I'm a, I've watched all of the animated movies up to this point, even the bad ones, because they're, I mean, I'll be honest, the DC animated movie list, yeah. there's at least four clunkers there <laughs> oh, <laughs> out yeah. of, in the last year, in the, within the last year. <laughs> but like you have to force yourself to watch through them. But overall, as I was watching the movie, I was really happy with how they made every single one of their movies matter. So it made me thankful as a person who watched every single movie and say, oh, okay, they're, they're not forgetting this quote-unquote character development with this character and they bring it to the forefront right at that moment they're tying those threads together tying the threads together and i'm actually a big fan of the whole barry allen flashpoint bang reverse everything or quote-unquote retcon everything you like it as a writing trope as well where you can essentially just redo and erase things i do i do do, especially when it comes to dc universe well now i I know what type of writer you are dave huh now I know what type of writer you are. <laughs> I am simper. <laughs> but like, no, but seriously, as part of like the, one of the DC concepts that make DC unique is Flash. The, fla- the whole Flashpoint concept. Right. I want to see how they solve it because that's what has me really liking that. The overall story here with Flash, with the DC Universe, is he made a promise never to do it again. He promised that to Iris. We saw that in uh, yeah. Flashpoint Paradox. Mm-hmm. In this one, he's called, you have to do this because we're we're pretty much, this is the worst case scenario. Right. So we either stay in the worst case scenario or you go back and we just have a second chance at it. We might fuck it up again, but... But it's okay, because we can just okay. go back in time again and start over again. And But it also leads to more repercussions, because there's always that hint, because especially when you watch Flashpoint Paradox, they cover the whole point yeah. that basically if Flash keeps doing this, something bad is the reason happen. why I've never really cared for the Flash. I think it, it, a, that's a whole other show for another time, but... I'm about writing more than anything. And if you have a character where you have a a way to erase things built into your character, then you need to find a way not to use it because it becomes a handicap and a gimmick and a cheat anytime you need to solve a problem. But the cool thing what DC does with the Flash, because I like the history of the Flash, is the fact that writers have come with very interesting ways of dealing with the Flash, whether it's Crisis on Infinite or the actual comic, where they say Antimatter shows up, kills the Flash. But in this movie, but we're talking about this movie, and in this movie, I don't feel like... You know what? I'm I'm going to save it. Uh, Paul, you go. (laughs) Okay. I, I guess for very briefly for clarity, um, the, the original flashpoint that started this universe, yes. you know, Barry goes back and he saves his mom because why wouldn't you, if you could do that? And then if he realized that. that's not a good idea. So he has to make the decision to let his mom die. Things kind of go back to normal, but also mostly not. They're and different. that's what caused, you know, this movie universe or the new 52 or whatever. Um, you know, cool. There's that. Um, so what, what is the flashpoint? What is the thing that he's going to do different? to fix this go save his mom again the they whole didn't point, clarify 
The whole, the whole like, thing. I, I don't, I yeah. don't. Uh, not only do I not like that they use the exact same thing to yeah. start and finish this universe, <laughs> effectively erasing not just the movie, but the whole fucking yeah. universe didn't right. matter. Yeah. But all he, of these movies that you were just proud of, and you know, that's your yeah. opinion. Totally respect that. You enjoyed watching them. You justify that to yourself, however you need to. Um, <laughs> and and that's not that that didn't. I didn't mean that as condescending as <laughs> no it came problem, out. Don't worry. It definitely did, because um, I also did enjoy some of them. Um, but literally, none none of it mattered. The last like seven years didn't matter. Well, what the way I the way I understand it, and the way I actually figured it out in the end was Barry's going to do exactly what he did at the beginning of this flashpoint. In the in the beginning, he goes back, undoes him saving his mom. Mm-hmm. But what he ends up doing is he ends up telling everybody, "Hey, this is the universe I just came from." This is what happened. This is what you did. This is but what you, you did. This is what you did. There's assumptions, you did. though. You're assuming that's what he's going to do, right? Well, that's what you, he did at the beginning of this universe. So you think so he's going to do that going again. back, he's probably going to do the same freaking yeah. thing and tell people, okay, I'm coming back again. This is what happened. Yeah, I, that's, that's weak. Which, I think that's weak, Dave. Hey, go ahead and finish your thoughts, uh, Paul, really okay, fast. So just, yeah, g- general. Um, but Dave, I'm not trying to shut you down. You need to be the cheerleader, okay? <laughs> general, I was, I was worried from the beginning because I knew that this story was going to be uh, more or less just the Dark Side War, which was the last big Justice League arc in the New 52 comics. Right. Um, that was a better story than this. Yeah. I'll agree with that. I, I, I'll agree with but that. But to be fair, um, I think this was one of the first, like, despite being upset with the d- decisions they made with the story and where they were going and blah, 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 blah. Um, I did somewhat enjoy it. I didn't outright hate the movie. It just isn't what I wanted or was hoping for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's and fair. There, and- there weren't a lot of those moments in uh, in this movie that every other animated DC movie has where you're just like, you're you're bored. It might be for a couple minutes. It might be for like 15. Right. But like you're bored at some point in a lot of these animated DC movies. And I don't think this had that. Yeah, I agree. I did not hate this movie, even though I'm being a little snarky at times. I have my problems, but the many of the problems I have with this movie are similar problems that I have with comic books. And I know that sounds strange because I like comic books, but I kind of don't. Like I have a love, you know this about me, Dave. I yes. do love comic books. I do, but there's also a lot of shit you have to sort through. Well, yeah, because like comics have their own universal writing tropes that is yes. constant. And when you've been reading comics for as long as I have, you just are so burnt out. You're like, oh my god, you're doing this again. And that's kind of how I felt with this movie. Yes, number one, I had there were a lot of expectations, and that's why we're actually recording this three days delayed. Because the day I watched it, we were set to record. And I called you the moment the movie was done. And I said, Dave, we need to reschedule. Okay, you want to reschedule? It was great, wasn't it? (laughs) It was great. And I was like, no, Dave, that's why I need to reschedule. Because if we (laughs) record it right now, I'm going to shit all over it. Because I wanted to make sure that I could separate my John Constantine, Justice League Dark fanness. Yeah, fanness. That's a word. And my expectations from what we received. And that's the thing, even on the phone, I can understand your, your point why yeah. you were angry because well, no, I, no. I agreed with you. Yeah. Well, I agreed with you with your problem. Yes. N- number one problem. Okay. And this is just from a justice league, dark John Constantine fan 
perspective, this isn't a Justice League Dark movie. It is not. I don't know why they chose to call it Justice League Dark other than the fact they wanted to rape all of us passionate fans because we are powerful. The fandoms within the fandoms. There is no reason that they had to name this Justice League Dark. Yes, John Constantine was um, essentially 70 to 80 percent of the movie in terms of perspective. But just because you throw John Constantine into a movie doesn't make it Justice League Dark. There needs to be certain elements included. Number one, at least some type of supernatural threat. Yeah. And that this isn't a threat that Justice League Dark would handle. This is a threat that the standard run of the mill Justice League, Justice League would have would handle. So that was one of my problems. Uh, another issue has to do with with the writing. And, and Paul jumped into it briefly or not the writing, but the. The way they chose the end of the film, they essentially erased everything. And none of it matters. How can you justify writing a movie creating catastrophes breaking our heroes and i'm like god damn this is vicious this is awesome this is amazing the amount of accountability constantine's going to have to live with because of his choices and superman i'm like this is great and then all of that goodness all those consequences are erased and the two-hour movie we watched, or however long it was, just essentially doesn't matter. Now, Dave, you can come in here and do cheer, cheer, rah, rah, <laughs> and say, yeah, but it does. It might. It will. Later. But well, in this key- movie, in this movie, I'm not reviewing a future movie that hasn't come yeah. out. This isn't a sequel. They didn't say there's a part two or part three. This is, this is the end. And looking at this movie as a single piece, it isn't a movie. They wrote something on a whiteboard. Then they took a, a a dry eraser and so what did we just watch and why? If if Infinity War and Endgame were one movie, but then Endgame ended with Tony snapping, not dying, and the movie immediately ends. Yeah, that's what this movie was. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That it's it, they were. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the whole comic book writing trope thing because that's what this. Ultimately, this animation suffers from it, as weird as it sounds. It suffers from a comic book trope, which is it relies on comic books connection to two major tropes that I do not like. Death, how death is treated, and time travel. Right. Time travel is... It's cheap. It's cheap. It's it, cheap. It is cheap. Yeah. But unfortunately, when you get to the very end, it's kind of like they writ themselves into a bookend where it's like, what do you do? I mean, automatically when... Spoiler alert, when Wonder Woman gives the the breakdown of how the Earth is not rotating and it's either freeze to death or burn to death. I was like, good. It's like, I was like, yes. Okay. And how do we fix, how do you fix that? Yeah. There's, there, there. But the thing is, much, is that they don't it, need. Pretty much, they painted themselves into a corner where you have to rely on a comic book trope, which is time travel. Yeah. Let me just preface before I get into all my other issues with the writing. Let me just say this. Okay. Matt Ryan's God's gift to the DC universe for me. I mean, I'm continually grateful that our first live action and animation exploration into Constantine has been for the most part handled by Matt Ryan. I know not everyone agrees that Matt Ryan is excellent and you're entitled to that opinion. And perhaps there is an argument to be made there. I know some people might 
complain about his accent sometimes or his dialect. That's not proper. Um, but I do know that Matt Ryan is a talent. And I, for one, appreciate that he takes such an active interest in the character. He cares. There's passion involved in his performance. And for that, I'm th- thankful. And many times it's, you know, we get the actor that's, hey, all about the check and then deuces later. But you get the idea that he truly cares. Look at the press circuit he went on. I mean, the guy was has been working for, what, two, three weeks straight, hitting up every major blog, every major oh, site, everything. just pumping and promoting the fuck out of this movie because he fucking cares. So that being said, I, I, I will always appreciate what he does. And anytime I can watch something with Matt Ryan as Constantine or Constantine, I will appreciate it and I will like it. And and I understand there are some people out there who might be rolling their eyes at some of the complaints I had. There are a lot of things to like about this movie. It's flashy. It's big. It's exciting. It's a pure adrenaline rush of escapism. Those are all valid reasons to like a movie. But for me, I, I've come to expect a bit more, except for maybe the last year and a half, from the DC animated universe. No matter how big and how many big names you get that I'm a fan of for me, it will always come down to story and character development. At the end of the day, what did the story have to say at the end of the day? What did this mean for our protagonists? And because of the flashpoint cheat, it meant nothing. Any character development that had been crafted in this movie was all but erased. Now, 70% of the movie was Roughly 70% of the movie was from Constantine's perspective. perspective. So when you write, his actions must matter. Their actions, or in Constantine in this case, will help keep the narrative cohesive while tying the plot together. You have a plot. That's the easy part. It's dark side. Stop dark side before he can kill us all. <laughs> now add the substance, and that comes from themes, character arc, just to name a few items. And this is where I had my biggest problem. Character actions didn't seem to matter. Specifically Constantine's, which it should have since he is 70% of the perspective. After the inciting incident and we moved into the first act, we learned that Constantine ran away. Yes. Okay. I was intrigued. Same here. I was like, fuck, that seems a little out of character. So this is going to mean something. This is going to do something to him as a person. I can't wait to find out what it is because it seems so out of character. I went, okay, you've got my attention. How will this factor into John Constantine's character arc? Now, remembering that a character arc is formed by having your characters jump through hoops. What must he overcome? What will he learn? How will this change him? Will it change him for the better or the worse? Yeah. But they rip that away. They rip away all accountability from John Constantine by turning his decision to run away and to Zatanna using a magic spell on him. Robbing the character of his accountability destroys his character arc because he didn't learn anything. Well, not on what did he learn? Exactly. He he learned that that he didn't actually run away. Yeah. And on top of that, it was all planned by Batman. (laughs) That that was the thing that basically I agree. One of the points that I did not like was actually finding out Batman manipulated everybody. Well, and just now, okay, that's that's Batman's thing. So I'm fine with that. Right. And if if the movie was 80% his perspective and it was about Batman more than anything, then that idea 
it would have worked. But this movie was sold, sold as a Justice League Justice Dark, Dark movie. And essentially, you had 70% or more of the movie was from his perspective. So a story idea like that does not work for a movie like this that you're trying to write. And not not to make you even more angry, oh, Mike. Jesus. Not to make you even more angry. I mean, coming from City of Demons, yes. when, you, when you see John in that and then he run away. I was like you. I was like, okay, why is John freaking run away? He never runs away from something Especially like this. Especially from I mean, Zatanna. He, he, wants, into he, a goddamn, to, he walked into a goddamn mansion where people were getting tortured. <laughs> and he wouldn't be able to live with himself knowing yeah. that Zatanna had died and he ran away. So I'm like, holy shit, this, this is going to be fucking good. Yeah. If, if Batman had just had Zatanna make Flash run away and go do Flashpoint right there, the movie's <laughs> over in the five movie's minutes. Over. Yeah, and we're done. We did the, it. Good job, things, everyone. One of the That's things that I just couldn't like, but I understand because just like what you alluded to, Paul, that's been Batman's storyline throughout all the animations is the fact that Batman's willing to manipulate everybody, and it's one of his character quote unquote character flaws. It happens with him with Damien and everything else and all his animated movies. And that's one of his character arcs. And that was the only saving grace for me is like, okay, this is supposed to be ba- the reason or Batman's connection to this story. I don't like it. But- okay, David, I get what you're saying. But now imagine we're watching Star Wars, okay? A New Hope. And the movie is 85% about Luke Skywalker. Maybe 90. Okay. Use the force, Luke. We're at the end. He's in the trenches of the Death Star. And then Wedge Antilles comes in and drops the uh, the missile into the Death Star. And he runs away. He's like, I, I destroyed the Death Star, guys. <laughs> Celebrate me. George Lucas would have written that because yeah. it's about Luke. It's from the perspective of Luke. It's from the and you robbed him of the meaningful aspects of a story that's, for the most part, from his perspective. Yeah, that's what yeah. they did in this movie, and that's why. I, that's why, as I said, in the when you when me and you had the first phone call, I understood your point because that is also my number one problem with the movie is it's sold as a showcase for John Constantine and Justice League Dark, but it's not really a showcase of John yeah. John Constantine and Justice League Dark. Briefly speaking about what it's like, not a showcase for. Uh, you just look at the box art. It's like Darkseid's face and then John Constantine front and center looking like Doctor Strange and then Superman. And like Superman isn't even Superman at any point in this movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's just it's just an odd choice for advertising. Now, we'll say this, though. Superman, yes, wasn't even the focus. And he was possibly 15 percent of the perspective of the movie. But even he learned something. In fact, I think he's the only person that learned something. The fact that he had to live knowing that his plan got his friends killed. Yep. And and on top of that, it, Superman in this one, uh, the one character in all of the animated series, Superman is the one that I dislike the most. Because they, every time they wrote for Superman, except for Red Sun, he always, it, it didn't feel like Superman. But you he, did, did you like him in this movie? Is that what you're saying? I liked him right at the end. When finally you get to that point, where all of a sudden he sees the one final person that sacrifices herself and it's Lois and suddenly he expels Trigon at that moment when Darkseid basically uh, sees the shadow of Superman 
it gave me the chills, like seeing like the old animated uh, Superman adventures when he beats the crap out of Darkseid, which is an awesome nostalgia scene. Superman's moments of like like triumphant moments of character development or like humbled Superman, like you know I have no powers and I got all my friends killed. Uh, <laughs> those those are good, in my opinion. Those are like good stories. Good. I don't want to say mentalities for Superman to have because like that's mean. Um, but like the when he is in those positions, those are good stories yeah. involving Superman. Those are good stories, but it's like in, in the animated universe, they never really fully it, like at all. He's just, just always he was yeah. he was the best, or he died. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's and then, why. But Dave, that's why I liked that at least they gave him something. Yes, that he was accountable for. But then. As I said a few moments ago, ultimately, <laughs> that is why I didn't really care for this movie erased. because none of it mattered. Because at the end of the day, you have the Flash running back in time to create another Flashpoint and essentially erasing this film's entire purpose and nullifying anything that our heroes would have learned. And There's no accountability and no repercussions. This, this That's is, not how you write literature. That's not how you write stories. And it, it, just, it makes me angry, David. Well, it makes you angry, but uh, for me, it makes me because I have faith in the DC animated universe team that basically they were they were able to actually do this for the longest time and finally give us a completed story of their overall saga of their animated universe. Yeah, it made me more excited. Okay, what are you going to give me the next round? Well, so this- tell tell me that you're going to give us something more. Well, David, I can tell you in, in seven years, they'll use Flash again to reset the board because hopefully people will remember, lose, not remember. I lose faith in this team the, that, you know, that you're you're trying to praise right now because, <laughs> um, you know, again, this is DC Comics. Hell, it's just it's comics. We have ways to reboot things without doing, you know, do the rebirth thing, break the source source wall, do, do like, zero don't, hour. Yeah, don't do the same exact yeah. thing. Well, it's because I, I get the idea that these writers, and number one, they're not experienced. You should go. Th- we're going to go through what they've worked on, and I, I, mean, all you I don't do even is know. Just straight adapt the shit that already exists. It's, it's almost yeah. as if they only know. Flashpoint because it's fresh in everyone's mind and that's why they they went with it you know and I I get it Dave you know some might say well it was fun it was awesome to see all our heroes fighting together and okay that that might be good for those people and I'm happy people are are enjoying this I, I didn't want this to suck mainstream wise I wanted people to enjoy it but me personally I'm about writing and unfortunately the writing wasn't very good it was sloppy and lazy it was predictable. The Trigon versus Darkseid fight. I saw that the moment Trigon was mentioned and Raven was struggling the entire time. It was heavy handed as fuck. It veered dangerously close to being a a Deus Machina because the writing was subpar. It wasn't though. Like they could. Trigon was a Deus Machina. I can't even say the word. Deus Machina. A god machine. Hey, thank you. There you go. That's a better way of saying it, dude. Like seriously, like. They didn't even, at the end of the day, David, they didn't even defeat Darkseid. They used one of their enemies to fight. To distract him long enough to get rid of him. To to get get him sucked into a black hole. Yeah, so that that also just bothered me. The the fact that I saw it coming from a mile away. Um, The heroes never even needed to fight. When you think about it, they just completely undoing reasons for doing things. 
because they should have just dropped Trigon on Darkseid from the very beginning. I, I really liked Depressed Etrigon for a minute, and then I realized that it was probably just lazy writing and they didn't want to write rhymes. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> yeah. good at rhyming, so let's just make him depressed and he doesn't want to rhyme. And he Sweet. just wants to fall into the fire. His his death was the most impactful for me yeah. in the movie. Yeah, I, I agree. And I did like him. I think he might have been the best part, honestly. So, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't want to shit on this, but this wasn't Justice League Dark. Nothing about this really made this a Justice League Dark movie. Except for the fact what everyone's constantly saying, which is, you know, oh, it's so dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, because I read. Did I say that on the show? Yeah, I yes, did. Yes, you did. I did. See, what, what I figure is, okay, if you went in, my question to you, though, is if you went in and they didn't even say, call it Justice League Dark, if they called it, say, like, just plain Justice League Dark mm-hmm. uh, Apocalypse War, well, would you have had a, a different view on it? If it was just called Justice League Apocalypse War? Is that yeah. what you said? Um, if, it, if it was, you didn't, you went into the animation not thinking that it's Justice League Dark. Um, but yeah, we would have had a different expectation of what characters would be in and leading the movie, and we would be reviewing it on a different show. Right. I, I probably <laughs> wouldn't have been reviewing it. Um, yes, Dave. I would have it would have gained some points, but overall the writing is still not good. Whether they called it Justice League Apocalypse War or Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, it comes down to just the writing is just it's just off. And I know off air I had said, listen, you know, maybe I'm being a film douche and maybe I expect certain things to be good and I should look at this for what it is, which is, you know, it's a cartoon. But, you know, Paul said off air, he's all, no, fuck that. Yeah. I'm like, there are some great fucking cartoons out there. So, and so yes, I, I want to, I want to bring that topic into this show because I feel like I am being fair because I'm not expecting too much. I'm expecting something to be good because we have proof that there are DC animated movies that are written very, very well. And we shouldn't shrug it off and say, well, it's a cartoon, bro. What do you expect? What do you want? <laughs> and a good and story, you're right. Please. I do agree with you that basically when you look at it on a critical eye, I don't feel that you're being too hard. Quite honestly, I don't think you are. Because is the movie, as everyone says, fun, enjoyable? Yeah, for some people, it's fun. It's a fun film for fans of DC, the DC animated universe. However, when you take a look at it and take a step back, you see the limitations, just like what we alluded, the last couple of movies of DC, the animated uh, universe have not been good. It's kind of like a steady decline. And I would say that this film is better than the, probably the last three that they came out three or four. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm like, I'm stuck on the fact that they decided to call it Apocalypse War instead of Dark Side War, which is the story that it is, you know, pretty obviously based on, so that they could put Justice League Dark in the title. In the title, without that's the Justice only League reason. Dark, Dark Side War. No, that's too complicated. We call it Apocalypse War. <laughs> too, too many darks. Too, too many, many darks. darks. <laughs> Just call it Justice League Dark Side War. You could even you could even write Dark the Dark part of Dark Side 
in like the Justice League dark font or something if you wanted to and get get creative with it. Fuck these guys. I'm mad. <laughs> but the thing is, you're mad because of how they pro- they gave it out to us. That's the thing. Mike's Mike's anger. Yes, makes, I'm mad because they did a bad job. <laughs> I, I'm mad because I felt like they wrote this in the back of a crayon box. Like it's not. It's just, dude. It's not well thought it's out. It's paint by numbers. It's it's obviously it's paint by numbers. I'm just very disappointed. Now, Dave, you had alluded to the fact that there may be more, even though yes. this is the end of this. Well, that's continuity. The, that's the only way you can actually defend this film. Okay. Okay. Uh, in spite of Justice League Dark Apocalypse War being confirmed as the last film in the DC animated movie universe, screenwriter Ernie Altbacker teased the possibility of a new project related to that continuity. He stated that the way we ended it, it's really like a tough balancing act. It ends something on a bittersweet yet hopeful note. And I'll just say, People who are saying, oh, man, we're not going to get any more of these. You're not losing something. You're gaining something new. I mean, do people think that we're just not getting animated movies anymore? Because, like, we are. Is that all he's saying? I don't know. It seems like he's trying to say that, yes, they're starting over, but they're also going to continue this continuity. That's kind of what I got from it. Is that what you got, too, Dave? That's what I got, too, is basically, especially... With a lot of the chatter that's going on right now about what they're going to do in the next run of animated movies. So, I am, so I you am, think they're going to have two separate continuities? Is that what they're alluding to? Or or am I reading into this differently? All I'm hearing is if you like animated movies, don't worry, there will be more. And we will have less constraints because we get to start over. Okay. You know what? Now that you say it that way, that's how I'm reading it too now. <laughs> because he doesn't say we're going to get more of this. He says you're not losing something, you're gaining something new. Meaning you're the not- movies will continue. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So See, that's what wishful thinking. I was just hoping he was talking about continuing this continuity in some way because then perhaps I could forgive this movie in two or three years when they release something that continues this saga because I come from the point that basically um, I from what I get is he's we are going to continue it it's just going to be kind of like that subtle thing but there's new stuff that's going to be thrown in hence why you know like a lot of as I was uh, saying a lot of the chatter they're talking about bringing in storylines like Batman, uh, Batman Metal. That's one of the. Uh, but that's going to be uh, that's going to be something new, though. They're not continuing yeah, so off the, of this. However, the ramifications the of ramif- the end of this movie will cause new stuff to happen. Cause new but stuff to happen. Anything that happened in this movie and before still don't fucking matter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. It's going to be weird, as I said. There's because, as I said, there's a lot of like, quote unquote, theories about the chatter. About how Barry Allen's you keep saying that, actions you keep are going to chatter. actually cause this. What is this chatter? He's got his sources. <laughs> well, what, unfortunately, I didn't write it down. But one of the main sources that I have, it was uh, one of the main uh, websites for the DC animated movie. And they were discussing about, well, where, where are we going on after this? Does Barry's choices still, is, is Barry's choice going to affect the next universe? And from all points, from all the the 
animated movies that are being teased out there, it seems like it's going to because it, Barry's actions is going to get a bigger threat involved. So, like, I I love to speculate and, you know, think think about possibilities and, you know, try to predict what's going to happen next. But at the yes. same time, I can't let my opinion of this movie hinge on like what I what can if? personally dream up to follow because of it. Yeah. You can't really judge a movie based on what ifs. And I agree. That's why I don't really have a defense for your, your guys's criticism about, we can't look at this movie and say, well, what's going to happen next. But th- unfortunately that is what the main defense for any of the DC fan animated fans is going to be is what's going to happen next. I would, I would actually love to hear like, cause these, you know, on Rotten Tomato, these 12, like, accredited reviewers gave it 100%. Yeah, I want to understand. I don't understand 554 that. 554 other individuals have put this at a 91. I don't necessarily want to argue, but I do want to hear, like, what they loved about this because I am not going to score it anywhere near either of those numbers. Now, I will say this. There has been five of us on this network that have watched the movie, and four of us dislike it. <laughs> Gee, so, I wonder who's the one. <laughs> So I'm trying to figure out who these people are. Why is it getting 100% and 90%, especially from the the audience score sitting at 90%? I am happy that people love it. I'm not going to take that away. But I, I just don't see what they're I, seeing. I just I think what they're seeing, honestly, is when the, the fans that are actually liking about this is the fans that basically look at all the other movies. They, they're they fans of that, this universe, so we get to see a final end. It's a movie much, has got to be judged on its own merits. I, I don't, agree, I don't review. I know, I said that. I agree. However, those reviewers are also looking at it as fans. That's where I think the 100%, I agree with you guys, it's not 100. Are we the only people, it seems like, on this network that is able to balance our, our fanboyness from... Quality. That's because a lot of people can't do that. Things. Because I love things, I hate them. <laughs> I like that. That's a that's, good thing. Because, because I, I am so things. passionate about this thing, yeah. I hate seeing it done wrong in any way. Yeah. I know there are a lot of fans out there who just love it because they're fans. And listen, I'm a fan of a lot of things, but I will not hesitate to say, yeah, that's not. Very, it's and not, my it's heart very will well break, executed. and I'll go home and cry in a corner and take a a shower as I'm crying like Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura when he found out that Finkel was Einhorn. I do the exact <laughs> same thing, but I also don't try to pretend it's some something is super fantastic just because I'm a fan of it. Yeah, and looking at the director Matt Peters, I don't want to be an asshole, but. How are you going to hand this guy the reins of Justice League Dark Apocalypse War when his resume is Lego DC Shazam, Lego DC Batman, Family Matters, Lego DC Comic Superheroes, Aquaman, Lego DC Comic Superheroes, Justice League, Gotham City. Okay. I mean, not to be an asshole. And the guy really, he gets work. (laughs) He's got work at least. Uh, It's not empty. All right. So what what is what is a gatekeeper? Like what does that what does that term mean? I don't know. In in what context? Yeah, what context? Um usually something re- regarding fans and oh, I believe Oh, it's like, the it, the gatekeeper is basically kind of like the guy who will live and die on that hill 
and basically say, no, this is the only way this fandom should look and feel and everything. Okay, what we're, okay explain to me what, what you're talking about. Like, Paul? say, for example, no, well, hold on, Paul, what are your what's your question? I, I'm just trying to uh, trying to, I guess, not be the gatekeeper in the next thing that I say. And I wanted to make sure that I understood to die on, but at least you're dead. OK, uh, so I thought you meant it in regards to something. No, I meant it like in regards to okay, fandoms. Okay. a fandom. Um, so I think that part of why this movie uh, critically and, you know, audience um are is being re- reviewed uh decently great great actually um it's it's the same thing that happened with hush which is currently like reviewers it's sitting at an 88 and audiences a 73 which, which none of us like has, yeah right. which none of us and like. that has dropped since it released because they were both like 90 plus when we reviewed it last yeah. year but point being um a lot of people that watch these movies I mean, it's a movie, right? So it gets advertising. There are previews, commercials, whatever. Um, you're just on Amazon and it's right there on the on the suggested whatever. So you're going to check it out. Um, it is a more common audience. Not to say that none of them, but a lot of people that watch these movies haven't read the comics. They don't know the source material or the things that they're based on. Yeah. So they do not realize that these are terrible adaptations of very good stories. No, you're and right. To be, like, to be fair, awesome. Like, you get to experience this this way for the first time, and if you care enough about it, then you can go track down those books, read those, and have your mind blown by how much better they are. Um, But, you know, you, as somebody who enjoys writing and competent storytelling, and, you know, me having read a lot of the stuff that these movies are based on, it's it's infuriating that they are so badly adapted. Yeah. Yeah. And... There's there's a validity to your point is kind of like a lot of the fans of the DC animated series, they actually have not read any of those stories. They actually either some of them have probably jumped from Young Justice. Well, it's obvious. It's, it's obvious when you because they are lucky. It's obvious when you read the iTunes reviews and numerous reviewers say, oh, my God, I love this movie. I totally understand the Justice League dark title because this movie has really dark themes. <laughs> and I'm if like, you think about it, the okay. Justice League dark's never really been right there. They've never given a substantial story that centers on the the core concept of Justice League dark in the comics. Yeah, they just know it through through, well, through mean, the animated even, universe. Even in this animated universe, this is the second Justice League Dark movie. The first one, the team was formed, so we never got any kind of follow up on what that team does, the kind of threats that yeah. they deal with. We just got that one Constantine movie that was originally created as like a CW seed series, yeah. and it was decent, so they adapted it and moved it into the DC canon yeah. or the animated movie canon. And maybe that's another reason why I'm it's I'm so hard on this movie because I had just got. David, you and I just got done reviewing yep. City, City of Demons. Demons, and I gave that, what, like a 97%? Yeah, you gave it a 97, and I gave it a 98. It is one of the best superhero animations I have ever seen. City of Demons is everything Constantine should be. Yes. So that could have a lot to do with my disappointment. Now, let's switch gears a bit. Let's not... Let's not uh, dwell on the cons for any longer. Let's talk (laughs) about the DC animated movie universe being reset and what they may do 
with future cartoons when it comes to John Constantine and Justice League Dark. Now, I have an opinion or thought, and I'm curious to hear what you would think, Dave, about this, okay? Okay. Now, rather than having a scenario like this, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, I feel like you would do the character more just if we focus on a few movies that's just about Constantine. If we're moving into a new universe, right? The universe is being reset. And you give Superman his movies. You give Batman his movies. You give Wonder Woman her movies. Let's build up the Constantine name a bit more before you merge him with so many different characters. Let's focus on really building up who he is as an individual in this cinematic universe. And same thing with Justice League Dark. Let's continue to build up that brand a bit more rather than just throwing them all into one movie. I would like to see that more because if you look at the past seven years, we've essentially, as Paul said, we got one Constantine movie that was not really originally intended to be a part of the DC animated movie universe. It was a CW seed show show. It was essentially going to be a part of the Arrowverse, and then they switched lanes. <laughs> Basically said, let's go this way. Instead. Yeah. So, Dave, what would you like to see moving forward when it, when it pertains to Justice League Dark and John Constantine? I'm thinking like you is kind of like I'm on the same road as you. Where they, We need, if you want to actually focus on John Constantine in the universe, then you got to actually bring in more connections and more movies than for him. And that would probably mean like maybe instead of one movie like they did here, do like two. two I, I think two for John Constantine and then two on uh, Justice League Dark. My only caveat to that is is you have to, for lack, for better or worse, and this might twinge Paul here, they have to adapt actual stories that matter to Constantine whether it's delving into the vertigo, his old vertigo runs, which is going to be really tough because me and you have covered those. And some of the content in there doesn't seem fit for uh, animated content. The mainstream. (laughs) Yeah. With the mainstream. Well, if you read the reviews for Constantine city of demons, there's a lot of people who are appalled. They're like, Oh my God, there's nudity and rape and women having sex randomly in the background of scenes and and (laughs) massacres. I'm like, well, that's the source material. That's That's the source material. That's why city of demons uh, gets a hundred percent from me because (laughs) it is John Constantine. That is John. Yeah. And and you're, that's a, I didn't even think about that, but that's a valid point. I'm like, yes, the DC animated movie universe, they rate a lot of their films rated R. Yes, but it's a far cry from, you know, a couple fucks and some heads being popped by Harley Quinn's uh, hammer. The far cry when you when you compare that to, you know, women having sex or the city of Los Angeles fucking John Constantine. And the, it's and, a big difference. And the only the only <laughs> it may not work right for some audiences, perhaps it might not work for only uh, some audiences. And the only storylines that I can honestly look at and say okay, we can adapt this for the safety of the mass audience. And when it comes to Constantine, it's either the current storyline, which would make sense if you want to tie in, they want to cross media, you tie in the current storyline that they're doing right now, which a lot of people on the same website that I looked at were talking about is a better version of you. 
one of old man Constantine. Is this just fans talking about what they would want or th- or they're really rumors that they they would adapt Simon Spurrier's uh, run already. These are the, these were like actual reviewers of the site. Okay, so just like, people just talking. Yeah, but they would like. It was to more see. or less like okay. people talking because like they were they were wondering where John Constantine's going to go from here, and, and honestly, that's one of the more safer routes. The other one that I was like thinking to myself was actually adapting the books of magic. If you want to explain. Oh. God. If you want to explain magic in the DC universe, go to Books of Magic. John could be the quote unquote centerpiece. That's where they should have started, man. And that's where they should have started. God damn. But now that they're now that we're actually seeing a, a refresh of it, and if you want more John Constantine in the universe, those are the types of stories that you have to focus on. Yeah. The other ones, I'm sorry, I just can't see them doing uh the last storyline that me and you covered were about John's battle with uh, addiction i can't see them doing that because of the graphic nature behind it was is just too much (laughs) and and, but like on top of two john constantine films i think two justice league dark films are a must yeah you and you have to focus on that team you have to actually create that team right and not say hey guys uh super bad batman aquaman and then constantine hey it's justice league dark no it's not Yes, in the newer run of Justice League Dark, the comic book, Wonder Woman is the lead. She's the boss of the current crew in the comic book run. But the way they've done it and the way they've weaved her in makes it work. That that was a big movement that's taken place over the last, like, at least two years in comics yeah, to establish her as, like, a core of the magic. Yeah. Uh, and they've been doing a fucking great job. I love the new Justice League Dark run. Absolutely love it. All right. Well, this does bring us to our final thoughts. Let's go with Paul. <laughs> Paul, give me your final thoughts briefly and then your RMD score. You, you know what's so funny, though? Just because you guys can't see it, you're only hearing us. I'm watching Paul and like every time he's looking at his screen, it's almost like he wants to shoot lasers from his eyes. And kill I'm just him. I'm <laughs> I will, I will absolutely try to keep this brief. Well, I will. I will keep this brief. Okay. Um, but, like, there are just straight, like, plot holes in this movie, and and I hate them. Um, you know, immediately jumping in with Luthor apparently being affiliated with the Justice League. Like, when did that happen? That yeah. was in Suicide Squad. Which one? I watched those. Uh, that was the second one where you find out. Not the first one because the first one had to deal with the Judas card. The, I think it was the second one because he, you find out he's the leader because then Adam uh, Amanda Waller goes to him to go get the suicide squad again. Okay. <laughs> so it, so it's not suicide squad at all. It it was the, the teen Titans, Judas. Thing. No, 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 no. That's a separate, that's a separate thing. The well, Judas, the, the I didn't Judas. watch that movie though, because I'm very familiar with the story and tired of seeing it. Yeah. Um, so if it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Moving on next point. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Harley references that the new Batman killed the Joker. What what the fuck is that? Is is there a new Batman or is she just talking about the dark side possessed Batman? Because that dude has been on Apocalypse since being captured. When did he come back to kill Joker? I, I know. Um, David, can you answer that one at all? That one was kill, done off screen. That was and, in and the movie. also off planet. Yes, because okay. they, they, they basically actually said that. Yeah, Batman, when he was taken over went back and killed the joker yeah um all right continue in in an attempt to save clark when he is being possessed by trigon 
Um, Lois asks Cyborg to patch her into Clark's mech suit, which has already been destroyed. And he's like, okay, yeah. And then they just pop up these screens in the middle of the room. Like, oh, that's just, shit. what the fuck, man? You're just right. Put effort yes, that's in. right there. That was one of the potholes that I had. Um, I love Damien and Raven as individual characters, but they're like a solid four to six years between the two of them. So them being a relationship is fucking weird. She's like 20 and he's 14. Dang. That's like, that's like Annika Skywalker and Padme. <laughs> All of the cyborg league, like, you know, I, we're, we're, we're dead and we've been rebuilt by dark side and we're naughty now. Um, they literally all looked exactly the same. The same quadrant of all of their faces were missing. It was fucking terrible design. I was I was furious watching any of them. They all looked the same. Dude, yes. It's because it's lazy. That that's laziness. It's it's like it's dude. It's like they couldn't be bothered. It's like why why are we, why did they make this then? And then uh, I'm getting angry because they need an ending. It, when they when they had the dome up uh, with like Lois and Lex and when they were all like sacrificing themselves and holding the, the paradooms, which should have been called dooms demons. Um, when they were holding those guys at bay, there was a lot of CG in that scene and it was weird. Like they mm-hmm. didn't want to draw that many of them. So they were all just CG and they all looked bad. They just copy and paste it. Yeah. yeah that's a, that's they, a trip they, that they, 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 they do. They fumbled in, well, they, it, it was only that scene and it was, it was frustrating. That's something they do a lot in like, uh, some of the movies that had like many different type of spawns. And well, stuff lazy like projects, mostly. I mean, you can you can draw an art cell or whatever, like do it digitally and still have them two D. Like you can be lazy without making it also look bad. But whatever. Um, those are the things that I needed to get off my chest before I gave it a solid. Go ahead. 70, I guess. Okay. Um, Do you have the RMD score on the list? You have that in front of you? Bring that up because we need to refresh people. So what are all the the percentage? So a a 1 to 40% is a get fisted, which is the equivalent to a thumbs down. Right. It was a stinker. Um, A 41 to a 70 is a, it's a movie, sideways thumb gladiator. A 71 to 90 is a hell yeah, thumbs up. And a 91 to 100 is a kick ass. And you got to do, you got to do the metal thing with your hand. The devil's horns. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll throw a 70 at it because as many things as I was upset about, I, I wasn't super bored at any point. And it was like entertaining, at least until the end, when you find out that you weren't entertained, you just had an hour and a half stolen from you. Um, (laughs) Jeez. But I, despite everything that I'm saying, I liked it more than the last few DC movies, yeah. which isn't to say that I am trying to compare them because you know, we're not supposed to. It's a review. I'm just trying to keep that all like in my head. No, for, but for again, it, it's, it's a good way to measure how you view movies, though, because for listeners who are not used to hearing your thoughts. Yeah. So, um, all right. So you're giving it a 70%. David, you want to go next? All right, I'll go. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. The My score for this one, right off the bat, I put it as an 85. I actually did enjoy it. I am the one, I'm the one out of five that did enjoy, <laughs> did enjoy this. So uh, solely because, like, as I said, I came into this not anticipating Justice League Dark. I wanted to actually because I watched all of the animations and forced myself through all of them. 
it was kind of cool seeing all the little story arcs coming into play at the very end. I like the play between Damien. I actually do like the, even though it is weird, Raven should be a little older. I do like the play between Damien, Raven. Oh, it ain't especially, weird. Especially in the, the part when he explains why he saved quote unquote, uh, Nightwing. And it, just touches back into the one of the earlier movies that I really liked of Batman where Damien and Dick Grayson are brothers. He wanted, that's why he couldn't let him go. And I laugh when Nightwing got ripped in half. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but like the fact that Damien did something that he promised he would never do, which is use a Lazarus pit because he saw what it did to his mother in the movie but he couldn't let it go because that's his brother. He's not going to let him die like that. But then coming to the realization that he kind of screwed over Dick Grayson even more, that was, that was a really cool moment for me. And actually Damien with Batman at the very end, Batman actually coming to terms with the way it starts in the very beginning is kind of like, Bruce doesn't want the son in uh, in the first movie, but then when you get to the very end, he's like, it's the one time Batman shows freaking emotion and hugs Damien and it takes Damien off guard. And that was cool because it's a callback to like all the story arcs we've had. Same thing with Superman. I kind of like where they took him finally because I wanted Superman to have this epic freaking moment that we didn't get in Doomsday. And when he finally faces off against dark side because he's pissed that Lois just sacrifices and starts beating the shit around the dark side, punching him through walls. I'm like going, thank you. As much as I would like to defend how they did Constantine, they started off really good. They didn't end it really good because I don't like the fact that it all comes down to a spell. Like Zatanna put a spell on him and that's why he ran away. I was kind of hoping that it would have gone further. And as I said, while I'm in the minority, I know even in comics that everyone hates the concept of Flashpoint and time travel in the DC universe. It is something that basically DC honestly needs to embrace at this point. And because, like, for me, Flash is an important character. He is an important I, character to, the, to Justice League. He is. I mean, I think they need to let go a flashpoint like they need to let go of the Lazarus pit I'm like let people die quit erasing the past they need to find ways to start getting rid of these ideas so they can move forward but that's the question how do you get rid of it though I don't how do you get rid of it you use them all you bury yeah. them all whatever I mean for what? Lazarus pits for for flash Lazarus I don't know bigger goes back out. in time and gets stuck aren't there time the time speedsters like, stop doing that shit. The, the, aren't there time were they time demons or people that go after you if you change the time isn't that a thing in the comic book no I don't think so or is that I, just in the I TV show it might be the TV show them. now they come back from the future where they're there established and stop flash and, from fucking shit up again and if they were to actually establish stuff like that then fine mm-hmm. then I understand but currently right now there's no way of stopping him yeah well so okay so 84 <laughs> percent 85. 85. Okay. 85. I was trying to take away one. For you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, despite the fact that it might've sounded like I hated the movie, I didn't hate it. I can check my, I can turn my brain off and enjoy the flashy explosions and, and the cool action sequences. If I was just watching it, 
and I would never talk about it again. Or someone would ask me about my thoughts. But because we are reviewing, I can't turn my brain off. And I have to discuss and I have to break it down. And I feel like this movie just falls apart in almost every way. There is no accountability. There's no character arc. You have to have an arc. You have to have people learn something. And when you take that away from them, there's no story. There is no story. There is no reason to watch this. There's no repercussions. The whole point of an arc. Why is it called an arc? Because it goes up and then it goes down. It was just a flat line. Like a flat line. Dead on arrival. <laughs> so I'm going to give this a 64%. I, I feel like the writer douche in me, the film douche in me, wants to give this a much lower score. But I'm going to let some of my fanboyness take over, just to be fair. So 64%. That does conclude our discussion on Justice League Dark, Not Dark, Apocalypse War. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for listening. Hopefully listeners uh, don't hate us now and unsubscribe. Thank you, David. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. My name is John Constantine. I'm the one who steps from the shadows, all trench coat and arrogance. I'll drive your demons away, kick them in the bollocks and spit on them when they're down. Leaving only a nod and a wink and a wisecrack. I walk my path alone because let's be honest who'd be crazy enough to walk it with me